You know, it's pretty common in marriage for one spouse to be a go-with-the-flow person, and the other is a little more perfectionist. And sometimes in a busier season, it's easier for those personalities to clash. Um, We take turns, Dana and me. Sometimes I'm a go-with-the-flow person. Other times she is. Uh, so I think we alternate depending on kind of who's feeling the need to be the alpha at the moment. I don't know. This is not <laughs> going to be a personal session. We'll move on. I'm John Fuller along with Greg and Aaron Smalley. Yeah, we're profes- going to help John yeah, today. Uh, they're professional marriage counselors. They are uh, excellent in terms of insights, wisdom, biblical perspectives on marriage. And let's go ahead to a conversation uh, that was recorded with Jim Daly and me, in which Greg and Aaron discussed some healthy expectations couples can have, especially when you're in the middle of being busy raising a family. What are some things, some ideas that we can change tonight and uh, tomorrow and Mm. as we move forward? What are just a couple things we can do that reunites us as a married couple. I think it's so important to recognize, Jim, that there's an opportunity to build a stronger attachment between the two of us. We build this attachment with our kids, and we do it pretty naturally, but it's just recognizing that there's things specifically I can be doing to strengthen that connection. And it's really, am I available? When Greg wants to sit and connect with me, am I open to that? Does he know I'm available to him? Am I reaching for him? Am I turning towards him? Or am I leaning away and turning towards other things? So it's important just to recognize we're building that strong connection between the two of us. One of the key things too, and I, I know many couples that have done this, is especially in the busy child rearing season is to carve even just 10 minutes together and tell your kids who are running around at five, six, seven, nine, hey, you know, this is mommy and daddy time. Mm -hmm. We're going to just spend a few minutes together because we want to love on each other and we want to make sure you see us loving on each other, but go away (laughs) and don't interrupt us. And and actually, it's great for kids to see that because now we're a marriage-centered home, not a kid-centered home. It really and that's we, important but that is that something that you guys have done we do we told our kids that eight o'clock was bedtime because it was now mom and dad time and if you get up if you're bothering us then we will take time from you tomorrow and you'll sit in time out or whatever <laughs> to teach them so that they understood that you know uh, you, you mentioned this idea of 10 minutes and believe it or not, that's actually the researchers found that if couples spend 10 minutes a day just talking not about schedules and to-do lists and administrating their marriage, but actually talk about the inner life. Like, what? how are you feeling? What's, what are you thinking about, dreaming about? What's creating anxiety? Things like that, the inner life. If, if I explore and pursue Aaron's inner life for 10 minutes a day, they found that that makes such a huge, huge difference. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that 10 little minutes. Time. I, mean, I know. Yeah. When I heard that, I was like, I can do that. Yeah, right. I can find 10 minutes. And, you know, I asked Greg, you know, what was the high of your day? What was the low of your day? And just knowing that just doing that, I'm hearing about what's going on inside of him, not about work or schedules or whatever, but more about what is inside of him in his heart. Yeah. I just love the Lord creating us in that way that he said, you know, I can make this so easy for you guys. You can do this. Just spend 10 minutes like this. Greg, I want to end on a funny story you had in the book, which was uh, most of us guys will now want to overcompensate, right? (laughs) And you had a thing with the family camp that I thought was hilarious because that's what I would do. Explain what happened. Well, so part of what happens for people is that when we're feeling disconnected and we're busy and we're investing all this time into other things, then we place so many expectations and hopes on big 
things like vacations and in holiday time. So as we were headed to a camp as a family, I had built this up to where it was going to be this most incredible experience. We were going to be connected and have fun and laugh and play. And we we're going to walk away. The kids would say, I bonded. love you, Father. Exactly. Yes. You're the greatest parents of all time. <laughs> and so the very first morning, so after a restless night of sleep, we're just walking over to the breakfast hall. And two of our kids get into this huge argument. To, and the one gets so mad that she goes, I'm done with this family. <laughs> And she walks off. And this is family camp. <laughs> this is the beginning of our connection and reconnection is a family. Well, I lost it. I started yelling at the family. You guys make me sick. And we're supposed to be having fun. And by the way, we were the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> it's everybody's watching. <laughs> we couldn't find our daughter who's now wandered off. Well, finally, she came back to the cabin. I had everybody in the cabin. I stood up. I lectured. I told them that you are going to have fun we will enjoy it and then i be connected yeah then i stormed out i was so mad so aaron follows me kind of down the little lake area and she's like what's going on and i'm like it's your children it's a problem (laughs) they're driving me crazy and and the more we talked actually what i realized through aaron's just great questions is that i had built this up and i had so many expectations and hope for the time And upon realizing that, I was able to let those go, came back to the cabin, pulled everybody together, and I said, listen, my hope is that we do connect, but but I'm not going to worry and I'm not going to force this to happen. And I think a lot of times that's what couples do is they kind of, they exist between date night to date night, vacation to vacation, and it's all that other time that they're not using. So thus, when they're on the vacation, it's built up and those experiences can't deliver the connection that we long for, which is really why in the book, we've taken these 10 things. There's an assessment that you can take that will pinpoint which of these 10, maybe it's multiple things, that where are you struggling? And then we give just a real easy, simple solution to each one of those, those 10 things. Well, Greg, I really appreciated your honesty telling that story. I so relate. This is me, right? I've got it together and together, and then I don't, and I blow up, and it's like, oh, that is so ugly. So, Aaron, um, we've heard from Greg in that clip. Let's go ahead and hear from you. Talk to the person who maybe just had the outburst, and now they're feeling guilty. Now we are feeling guilty, so what can I do to move on? You know, I encourage couples to recognize they're married to human beings. Both of them are human beings and they're fallible. And so just to recognize we're all going to have bad days. Things aren't always going to go the best. And so when they don't, first and foremost, you know, step away to the person who's had the outburst, step away and just really check in with what is really going on with me. I just really was unkind or I got angry or I yelled. Why? What's going on underneath? Is it that I'm hungry, that I'm tired, that I'm stressed, that I'm overwhelmed, or I'm irritated? What, what's going on? What am I feeling? And really naming that feeling, but then owning it. Couples will often say, well, how do we come back from that? Well, once the person has really taken care of their own heart, coming back is like, hey, you know what? That didn't go so well. I'm sorry. Own it. Can we try this again? And often I will encourage, you know what, 
it's okay that it didn't go perfectly, but how do you repair it? Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, honestly, to remember how to do that, we use a little acronym, Love Talk, but it's spelled L-U-V-E. So listen, understand, validate, and empathize, and ultimately apologize. But so after I had the outburst, you know, coming back as I shared, you know, that was really trying to one to go, okay, let me listen and understand what was that like for everybody? Mm -hmm. Like to have your dad stand here and and kind of go off and and yell and what was that like? Well, it was was scary. We didn't feel safe. You know, we're like, who is this person? But I'm not defending. I'm just trying to understand how did that impact you? And then actually care about that there that's where compassion and empathy going yeah i i get that i I imagine you felt devalued as i was shouting i imagine you felt very devalued again not debating oh come on i never do this why are you making such a big deal and then it's always at that point where we say after you've listened understood validated and empathized with the person then apologize because i think a lot of times people quickly go to an apology like i could see everybody you know i freaked them out and i'm not an idiot i mean i know that 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 wasn't the right way to show up or not not even right or wrong but that's not who i want to be as a dad yeah and so but had i just walked back into that cabin and said hey everybody i'm sorry you miss such an opportunity to connect around the emotions of how you impacted people and that's an important part don't skip that one yeah Mm -hmm. straight to an apology well, you could even start with, that's not who I want to be. That's not the kind of dad I want to be. And then what? how did that feel? Mm. And hearing and understanding and just stepping into what that experience was like for those you impacted. And I love what you're saying. And then apologize for the specifics of what they're saying, yeah. how it impacted them. Yeah, and I, it, it feels, I mean, you haven't said this, but it feels that explaining why I did that is never okay, right? Not not from a defensive, mm-hmm. okay, let me rationalize and yeah. justify why I did that. But it can be very helpful to give insight into, okay, you know what? Like for me, that's what I did. I came back in and said, okay, guys, I just had all these super high expectations for this time because I felt very disconnected. So what was driving my outburst was that I just feel really you know, disconnected and, and I put so much pressure on this. So, so insight, awareness can be good perspective, yeah. but not from a, and thus uh, that justifies yes, why yeah, I did that. that. People like, read through that. Right. My observation too would be that uh, our children are really forgiving. They really are. Well, I mean, if, if we just I wish take a my step. wife was that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that'll right be here. another episode for now. Can, can we um, cut that part? Can, can we edit that out? <laughs> Seriously, if you need someone to help you kind of think through some of this stuff, we have a lot of great resources at the Focus on the Family website. Uh, we have counselors who would count it a privilege to kind of unpack and talk through some of these matters with you. And we do recommend the book by Greg and Aaron called Reconnected, Moving from Roommates to Soulmates in Your Marriage. It addresses things like expectations and staying connected and apologizing when you're in the wrong. Um, We'll send a copy of that book to you when you make a generous monthly pledge or one-time gift of any amount to the ministry. We've got more in the episode notes. Uh, Just follow those links and you'll find all the details. Next time, Bill and Vicki Rose will be here to share how God restored their broken marriage even after a period of separation. 
For now, on behalf of Greg, Aaron, and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.